We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is out on assignment, but Out Now is a film podcast where we normally discuss a new movie a new movie weekly. However, every now and then we have those special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, something completely different. This is our commentary track for March 2023, and we are continuing with our I Love LA mini-series of commentaries where we go through several action or action comedies set in Los Angeles during various decades. We've covered Assault on Precinct 13 in the 70s. We drove into Beverly Hills Cop in the 80s. And now we're rushing into Rush Hour for 1998. That's right. We're talking Brett Ratner's Rush Hour. Somehow we've done more Brett Ratner films than most directors that we've covered in these commentary tracks. It just happened to work out that way. <laughs> but we're going to we'll focus on what we need to uh, and talk all about the the, the hit that was the, the start of the Rush Hour trilogy. Sorry, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, of course. Joining me to discuss Rush Hour, we have from Wise of Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show. He always chooses to sing Mariah Carey while driving. It's Brandon Peters. Yeah, Rat Pack Unite. Only one T. Only one T. Also joining us from Con Air, the podcast, as well as Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. He never touches a black man's radio. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. I just hope some really interesting words come out of my mouth tonight. That's what I'm hoping for. I think there'll be a few. And also joining us from the rap, he can't ever understand the words coming out of people's mouths in the Christopher Nolan movie. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Broke him. You lost me. Um, <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Glad to have you all here. I am. Uh, I'm very pleased that we've gotten together once again to go over one of these films. And uh, this should be fun. This is our first Jackie Chan movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh amazingly yeah. yeah 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 but uh, not our first brett ratner rodeo <laughs> i hope i hope i'm welcome back for the skip trace episode rennie harlan yeah. jackie oh, chan Christ. 131 million dollars in china <laughs> it actually outperformed the rush hour movies internationally yeah but uh uh hey, <laughs> that's just a I, weird I, stat I Ratner hasn't directed anything since like 2015. Anybody, what happened? Did he like retire or like what? <laughs> I think he lived happily ever after with his cocktail shrimp. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Rush Hour. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to get into Rush Hour. Frankly, we've talked about a lot of LA movies in the '90s, which is why like Rush Hour was like one of one of the go tos. That said, I mean, regardless of the Ratner factor, we're talking to Jackie Chan Chris Tucker movie. Ratner factor. Ratner factor. I think we have plenty to go over. Uh, is that his new late night talk show? The Ratner factor. Right. Yeah. You no, know, it's a new podcast that comes on after Joe Rogan. Um. All right. <laughs> so let's get into this. Let's get into it. What we're going to do here is we're going to talk over the movie Rush Hour as a commentary track, as you're supposed to do. Uh, myself, Brandon, Mark, and Scott all have the film currently paused at five seconds in to the start of the movie. That's where the New Line Cinema logo is forming. So what I'm going to do is count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're all going to press play and just start talking over the movie. So if you plan to follow along, pause the movie five seconds in if you want to have it synced up exactly, and then press play when we say play. Uh, if you're listening just to listen, you're good. You just keep uh, driving through rush hour traffic as we talk about rush hour, and we'll be fine. Okay, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready, Aaron. Can I get a yeah, what? yeah? You can get a what, what? <laughs> All right, three, two, 
one, go. Is this one of those new line logos that does it twice? What was the sequel on Rush Hour 2? What was the DVD? Infinifilm? Yep, yep, yep. That was yeah. the like, ooh, we're new line. And because the first one was a snap case when yeah. they had the like cardboard. And then the second one was Infinifilm where it had that banner at the top, like as if they were going to release another edition or something. Well, it, and it, it was weird when they started doing that because New Line was already known for some kick ass special features. Yeah, they, they, they had the discs. New Line Platinum series. Yeah, but they yeah. basically perfected and or pioneered what we would consider a special edition dvd between them and warner brothers because they were yeah. like they had obviously like the matrix with the follow the rabbit mm-hmm. stuff with the easter if, eggs if and all you had a dvd player in the late 90s and you didn't have lost in space someone came to your house and killed you i didn't have lost in space so i felt I pretty didn't. good about that well, yeah. Might, yeah i didn't i bought it specifically so i can be like matrix first and then whatever else follows <laughs> um <laughs> i got so, lucky i had the vhs tape so they only capped my they only kneecapped me so was, I didn't get killed because, yeah, yeah. was Rush Hour 2 the first Infinifilm DVD? My so. I, I worked at uh, Circuit City when this came out, and they actually, there was two different covers of it. They had them, like, you could pick which side you wanted the character on. It was really silly. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was an accident in the shipment or anything, but, uh, yeah, it was, like, one you know, Chan on the left, Tucker on the right, or... Tucker on the left channel. This is a, this is a stupid question. When did Fifteen Minutes come out? Uh, two thousand one, two thousand one, two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one ish. Because that because that was also an film. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that if I want. Yeah. It's one of those was like the first. But like Rush Hour was a summer movie. When was yeah? Uh, it was, Rush it was Hour March. It was March. Came out in July. Yeah. It was late, yeah. early August twenty two thousand one. Fifteen minutes was March. Maybe that was the first. Because yeah. I I, re- I remember that being specifically an Infinifilm. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty much right here. All right, you ready for this? Uh huh. What? Put your number. Put your. Put your. Uh, put your wages in. Who? Who do you think is uh, Final, first? Final Destination Two? That's a good oh. guess too. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's 2003. though. that's, that's later. Uh, well, Destination okay. I'll have to keep searching because I have the last. Would you know what the last movie ever to be in the Infinifilm series? Oh, oh no, 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 I do. I do think I know this. Um. It's the, it's the it's uh, the number 23. It's the yes, number <laughs> You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's such amazing. a useless piece of trivia. Mm. I'd retire on that. <laughs> Just pulling that. <laughs> we're, we're talking all over like this opening that's like action uh, and yeah. intrigue right yeah. now. <laughs> Gold member was also a infinite film. Gold member for sure. But yeah. that was later. Yeah, that's 2000. So Rush Hour 2's uh, DVD came out the Infinifilm one came out December 11th 2001 15 minutes came out August 14th that was Infinifilm though that was it was an Infinifilm okay, edition right. so i mean there's probably a couple in between there yeah but, um, but it was just, okay i'm saying it now it was introduced in 2001 i got to hmm. think 15 minutes was the first one i don't know like why that stuck out to me but that's i think that is it which is a I weird worked. movie, by the way. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, it go and it goes a place where you're like, "Oh crap!" It like makes some moves, and it's like weirdly prescient, but it's also like not very good at the same time. So it's like, well, it's got some ideas. <laughs> the Edward Burns, he'll try, and they really wanted him to try too, because they're like, "Well, we're gonna make sure he's the lead by the end of this movie," <laughs> and they're still like, "No," <laughs> and then America was like, uh-uh. "Do we need that though?" <laughs> Is that part of our thing? We missed some good uh, 
sea what is it sea oh, fog missed, work in this oh yeah we missed like the literally the one minute of jackie chan action at the opens this picture <laughs> um if i do have a criticism of this film and this might just be about what u.s audiences would accept or whatever is that there's far less sustained action in this picture than any stereotypical over uh, chinese or hong kong jackie chan picture and to the point where the action scenes in this picture while well staged and relatively clever almost feel like bite-sized appetizers it's like if you want a lot more of this you know go down to your video store and uh this almost felt like a, a willful gateway drug to the rest of his work I mean, it is essentially like Ratner yeah. did this because like I'm a fan of Jackie Chan. I want to like show American audiences this guy, even you know he's breaking out in America finally again for the second time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and Ratner's like, I want to do, I want to get this guy out there, and he wanted to make a movie where he's not just like you know the sidekick. He wanted to make a movie where he and the other co-star, whoever that would be at the time, would be like I mean, on equal footing, which yeah. is you know. I mean, this movie's like a a sampler platter of yes of Jackie Chan. I mean, he's I got the first one I saw was Rumble in the Bronx. This does not even sniff it, but like it has stuff like if you like this, you can go back and check out. And they started releasing his other stuff in theaters as well, which already had been at this point. So um, and I think that was my feeling, and you know, right or wrong, whatever you know, if if you're somebody that's already you know, saw Rubble of the Bronx in theaters and Supercop in theaters. And then I think First Strike was also out by then. Yeah, uh, this like was almost like Operation Condor, Drunken. Yeah. Yes, yes. They, like they're all coming out. Yeah. Several of them that mm-hmm. were already, you know. This is 98. So yeah, well, he had a good like three yeah. year chunk of Twin like, Dragons. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Mr. Nice Guy. Like all these were coming Drunk, out. There was like some other co- a Drunken Master that got thrown up there. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's weird because as as good of a job as as Weinstein, all due respect, and whoever else was doing it, the whole release Jackie Chan's overseas films in America was basically, you know, about a two or three year thing. Because mm-hmm. by the time I saw Drunken Master 2 in theaters, I think in the late 2000, I want to say, that was basically the last, the end of an era, sort of. Yeah. But um, this was, this is the movie that said, oh, people will go see him. Like, yes. Big time. And- it was good timing, too. You had what, like, Rumble in the Bronx coming out, and then Chris Tucker off Money Talks and Friday, like this two hot properties coming together. Yeah, so, I like, think by default because there's yeah. less. Um, and uh, and obviously the film is also an obvious showcase for Chris Tucker to be Chris Tucker for ninety minutes, <laughs> uh, or at least this version of Chris Tucker. To, to speak to the action factor in this, I mean, it is a comedy. <laughs> yes. I mean, like I, you yeah. know, I'm not walking into Rush Hour being like, I'm gonna get the best Jackie Chan action stuff. Granted, yes, Jackie Chan movies in general have plenty of humor in them as well, but I do think you know it's an American movie. Like I'm not thinking like this is gonna be the tops when it comes to Jackie Chan stuff. That said, Rush Hour Two does, regardless of our thoughts on Rush Hour Two, which we can talk about, Rush Hour Two does have a noticeable increase in action. Like there's a lot absolutely more of it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, there's, a, there's a, a conscious skewed, effort to do more action set pieces in that movie. In a skewed way, Rush Hour is the excuse me, I'm choking on something. <laughs> That's when Scott Mendelson died on the out now. I remember out. Money <laughs> Money Talks had a lot more action than this. Money Talks has a lot of action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was also a very violent picture. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and very hard. About this film is this film was PG 13, and you can tell where, like in this scene, these cops are not killed, they're merely wounded. And back then, it was kind of a shock that a film that by all rights looked like an R-rated buddy comedy was rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. And that was rare enough in this day that I think it's part of what made this movie an event. You know, films like this and Anaconda, where it's like, hey, kids get to, you know, 
see this kind of stuff now without having to sneak into theater. I I think that's um, part of the Chan factor. I mean, because I I know like yeah. his movies, while they're not really R movies, they got some of them got R ratings. Like Rumble in the Bronx got an R rating. Like yeah. and um, Drunken Master, I believe has I mean, an R some rating. Some of them are more hardcore have, than others. Yeah. I yeah, think. So, but even then, like they seem they're not hard R's by any measure. Yeah. And um, I think it's and I think it's Jackie op- Chan, which is the one that. I mean, Operation po- Condor that starts with like a horrifically violent kidnapping. Yes. Where they're just massacring guards left and right. Super Cop was R rated as well. Like it's, but yeah. they're, but they're, yeah, they're, that was a hard R too. But, but that's not Chan's thing. Like Chan doesn't yeah. generally kill people in his movies. He beats yeah. them up and stuff or whatnot. Well, other and, people kill people in other, his movies. Yeah, they do. But, yeah. like, but his whole appeal is the fact that he's a friendlier presence and for the most part. Like some of his yes. movies are a little grittier than others. But um, I can see him if he's doing, if he's agreeing to sign on to like an American movie, I can see him being like, I don't want it to be this, you know, very violent bloodbath of a movie. I want to make it something that you know all my fans and young people can see mm-hmm. well he he takes punches and he goofs around like and i mean in this movie you don't see much of him with gun gunplay but though in his hong kong films he had guns and oh, stuff sure. like police that. stories like, are all police yeah. stories and it, like, it still always Decker, feels like... weird when he tries to do a more serious action picture and that's not fair to him necessarily but you when you watch something like new police story which was his mm-hmm. attempt to do you know a hardcore mid-2000s action thriller um, you know, it's it's fine, it's enjoyable, but the, 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 there is a certain skewed tonal disconnect. I mean, you say that. Oh, wait, but like, we both, new, we both new like police the story was new police yeah. story was pretty goofy. Are you talking about the other police story he did? Yeah, there's, there's, I apologize. There's multiple one, police story reboots. Yeah, because <laughs> new police story was just like it was still it had a young cast with it, and it was pretty peppy. And then he and did the hard core of one. a different one. He did one in the 2010s. I think it's was, just called Police Story, isn't it? It was just called Police Story. Yeah. Like all it, of his men get killed in the opening scene. He did it before it was cool. Just call it the same thing again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Look at I'll Seema. I'll massacre this shit. Seema <laughs> looks young here. Like, like Tom Wilkinson yeah. looks about the same. Seema looks pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, um, to answer earlier's trivia, oh, okay, good. first in Finifilm DVD was... 13 days in July oh, 2001. Oh, yeah. I knew that back in the day. <laughs> July, yeah, July. And then after a couple weeks after 15 minutes, Blow was another Infinite film. Yeah. I remember yeah, I remember Blow. I forget one. I thought that was like an Oscar bid, so I thought they'd come out later, yeah. I guess. So there you have. That's There's your, this little uh, girl singing Mar- 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 Mariah Carey, which is always funny to me. This scene killed it in the theaters when I first it watched did. it. People just oh, yeah. loved it. And and I, I also love it, that uh, Better Look Tomorrow's Roger Fan is in here. It makes it, me happy seeing uh-huh. it. Yeah. I I think and it's because she's like belting it, not just not like yeah. because she's like a little Asian girl. It's because she's just belting it out like a child. Like it's yes. she's really committing. It's it's very funny. Well, you know, it's kind of maybe uh, to name Redacted's credit, he's letting this play like an actual Hong Kong movie. Like she would be like that in there. And I could see an Amer- like a most directors like trying to make calmer down or kind of make her you know because they play it big over yeah. there um and it plays very much like it would in a hong kong film i, well, I would commando. say like, we don't <laughs> we don't need to sub out brett rat i mean the thing that i think we've noticed talking about his film the rack is, pack can unleash thank you aaron okay <laughs> He's not, too, he's not too dissimilar from J.J. Abrams as far as he can ape another director pretty well. He, yeah. he, he did Michael Demi. Bay. That's he did Demi for, lot, for Red yeah. Dragon. He did, right. he, he, did, <laughs> he did a Brian Singer impression with, with the X-Men, with X3. Like, he's doing, he's 
clearly likes Hong Kong cinema. He's doing his attempt at that. Hong here. Kong meets bad boys. Yes. Yeah, it, it has that kind of aesthetic to it where like, yes, the plot does play things big. It has this sort of, you know, it's can more contained action by comparison, but there's stuff there that resembles Hong Kong action more than right. most attempts that I've seen. <laughs> And I mean, in American film, films, his films for the most part are competently made. I think he just he got a name recognition just because he kept making hit films. And he, he gets good pretty I mean, much. He gets I good mean, casts. I, I, I mean. can't tell you what makes a Brett Ratner film, but well, he fits I, in, like, I think part of it because he talks a lot about this on the Rush Hour bonus features, all three films, where you know he, you know he basically casts the best people he can find no matter how ridiculously overqualified they are for the part and he hires the you know the the old school classic cinematographers and composers and all that yeah, has, this has a Lalo Schifflin score I mean yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah and that's a cool thing it's and classic, I think more yeah. or less he knows when to stay out of their way yeah. I mean he's got like John Hawks and a little not that John Hawks was taking over the world at this time yeah. but he has him in like a really tiny role. No, here. this cast is stacked with. I mean, yeah. we just talked. Yeah. We talked all over Chris Penn. We got to Wilkinson, yeah. as I mentioned. That Ken, yeah, the young Ken Lung's here. Cliffhangers, Rex Lynn, Rex Elizabeth Penn. That's going to show up in ten seconds. Uh, <laughs> this is a very well cast picture. Yeah. Um, well, Philip Baker Hall's one, like one, in here for some reason. Next <laughs> one. Oh, yeah. next, next one adds Shang Tsai Xu and um, uh, Rosalind Sanchez. Yeah, and th- and three has uh, American Patriot uh, Roman Polanski. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> but also has what like Max von Sydow and yeah. and um, what's his face? Um, is it Hiroki Sonata? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, Elizabeth oh. Pena, who's passed away a few years back now at this point. That's a good point though. I got him pretty far. I mean, look at Red Dragon. Even Hercules had a stacked cast. Mm-hmm. I like, like Hercules. Yeah. Hercules yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, it was the Again, better it's, of the it's two. It's a polished, well-made film that because you know Ratner is a student of the '70s, not necessarily, and this is a criticism, not so much a student of the MTV generation. His films play. They have long, fluid takes and and confident compositions and all that fun stuff. No, that like, I think even then we were starting to take for realize we couldn't take for granted. Uh, yeah, well, I, we don't need to like necessarily relitigate it every time we talk about a Brett Ratner film because apparently we're just going to keep doing them. But like, <laughs> say what you will about the man, the person in his private life, what have you. Yes, his films are generally well made. Well, like it's not, yeah. it's not a surprise. I mean, we all, like, if you can go back, we all like, I mean, we all like his X-Men movie that like, you know, the only like complaints it more than of most. it are, are <laughs> the only com- real complaints about that movie are non-adherence to source material. Like that's about, what you can, I mean, there's some other things in there, but the main complaint about that movie coming from people is just because it didn't follow the source material in a way they would hope. And but he, made, he like, made a fine action movie with mutants. Like, within, a, was, within a short span of time, given that that movie was also rushed, where it's like, we need to yeah. get this up on Memorial Day 2006. It's like, okay, well. And as Aaron said, there's a part in the movie where Juggernaut throws Wolverine through the roof of the house. And he comes, and he out comes out another part of the another, roof. And it comes it's the best. Out of the it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like there's fun I, I put that against that most comic booky moments in comic book movies like what yeah. more do you want from a movie like this because <laughs> speaking... he, he throws them up how does he go <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny it's so good that's a good gag yeah you, you got me want to watch this movie again <laughs> 
I just remember it's short. Juggernaut. It's like ninety minutes, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, it's real. Yeah. Your grand finale in yeah. ninety minutes. It's packing in the Dark Phoenix saga and the and the uh, the Cure plots within a well, ninety minute movie. <laughs> something called the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. which this is where. Yeah, it's like it, really. sorry, it has the better of the two Dark Phoenix movies. Yeah, I was gonna say it's better than the dark, <laughs> right. other Dark Phoenix we got. Yeah, it's within. Yeah, just Dark Phoenix. Maybe next time, just not. Let the animated show have that one. Is that movie... Uh, this is how far beyond I am with that movie. Is that movie just called Dark Phoenix? Am I remembering that right? Yes. I, it's, yeah. It's, it's not oh. X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's just Dark Phoenix. I think right? for and home the, video, it was X, retitled X-Men Dark Phoenix. The so X okay, so Dark called. Phoenix was a circled. Ah, okay. So, uh, so, so live, die, Dark Phoenix. Got it. Yeah. I completely forgot about that movie until you just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark Do you remember the New Mutants, too? Because that was the end of that oh, era. Gosh. Oh God! The, well, no wait. Well, Deadpool three will be the closing, the closing chapter of the... chapter of that. I like you blew up half a city block. That block was already messed up. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> you lost a lot of evidence. There's still a little bit left. That's that that kills me. Yep. <laughs> so... He's a good. He's a good. He's kind of an angry captain, but he's not a super angry captain. Well, I love they throw him into this bullshit ordeal where he's like, "Oh yeah, you know what? Yeah." Because yeah. Phil Baker Hall says he has too much nervous energy in him. He, I can't see him being like, like even like Hard Eight, where he's playing like a noir hero. He's not a guy where it's like I'm going to stand up and confront you. It's more like a, you know, I'll passively sort of do it and be confident about it. But like, he can't be like shouty captain. He's not. He doesn't really need right. the weapon. <laughs> he can't be. He can't be shouting captain stuff at you. He and Alan Arkman from So I Married an Axe Murder are two captains I like a lot. Alan Arkman. So yeah, it's yeah. A one. yeah. All of yeah. Chris Tucker's style in this movie is. For one thing, wonderful. He's wearing suits. He's got a nice car. It's so over the top. Like yeah. it's such a. He so presents himself in a certain way, while also, I guess, being a good cop, even though he bumbles his way through things. Like it seems like he's doing something right. I do think, and you know, this he is made detective a nitpick, but I do think, and obviously, this is much worse than the sequels, where his behavior goes beyond the realms of cop, you know, reasonable human interaction. Oh yeah. Well, that's the sequel. It almost comes off like something like Jim Carrey in the mask. It's it's just like we oh. talked Beverly Hills Cop last month. There are lethal weapons even. Like there's a the wild card character becomes even more wild because it's funny because it worked the yeah. first time, right? So you got to do it even bigger. But it um I oh, I would never well, he's so bad in the first act of Rush Hour 2 with it that it hardly recovers from it and then you get the 3 and the oh he's still this guy like it it's uh yeah it the status quo didn't work out too well because it relies on like chris tucker being like hey i'm a i'm a i'm a tall black man in china i'm gonna be very loud and point out everything that looks different to me like that's <laughs> that's a lot of that movie it's in, it's a lot to deal with in some ways yeah. rush hour 2 is the best and worst of the series because it's got the best action it's yeah, sna- it's, yeah no the action's great yeah, yeah fancy pants is hell and but it's barely a movie I mean, even Ratner will admit that because when he yeah. went back to do three, he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a real movie this time." Well, three's—I mean, you, he can say he wanted to do that, but that movie's 86 minutes. Like they, they get progressively yeah, shorter. I'm not saying it's good. Like, they're tied but... together by floss. Like there's nothing to those movies. Even and they Chris deliver Tucker what you—they they deliver what you came to see, ideally. Mm-hmm. But I mean, two, in terms, yeah. yeah, it's the old school. Well, uh, I just hope they come see my movie, leave, and have a good time, and maybe don't think about it afterwards. You know, like 
They, well, they used to allow movies used to be allowed to do that back in well, the day. I don't well, know if you know this. What's funny is that Chris Tucker's the one that's the more reticent of the two. Where like Jackie Chan says like he's not a huge fan of Rush Hour. Um, mm-hmm. but I believe his friendship with Chris Tucker is really genuine. But like he's he's always saying, like, yeah, let me sign up and do another one, which is I think the businessman in him. I just think he yeah. does all these things work. Where Chris Tucker's the one that's like taking his time on these things. Like three was like a long time because he like what went to Africa and he sold Bono yeah. and stuff, doing all these other things. He like he like because after what after I always thought Tucker one, he, I always thought Tucker was the holdup on these movies. He is, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he's the yeah. one that's more reticent to do yeah. anything. I mean, he asked. He got forty three million dollars from the three mm-hmm. of these movies. And to be fair, he's Tucker's probably in a situation where, you know, it's a job. It's fine, but I've got forty three million dollars. I don't need to do this. If I don't it's not what he wants this. to. He doesn't act much. You no, don't no, see he doesn't. He's in... an heir coming out later this next yeah. month. But he also is, like it's he... always sh- you know for twenty some years it's been shocking whenever he showed up in a movie. Yeah, after after like Friday after this set of movies in the nineties, basically he found religion for one thing. Yeah, and so that's why he doesn't. That's why he didn't want to be in next Friday because he doesn't want to like play a character that does drugs or swears a whole bunch. Well, yeah, which, he, he which was his nineties no in the second one. Yeah. He killed that character off in Jackie Brown. That was the end of it. Yeah, when he was oh. in Silver Lines Playbook, I was je- I didn't really know. Like I, I didn't yeah. read much about the movie. I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like, back on it, the it, it, it's funny, like him and Dave Chappelle when they show up in a movie, you're like, what? Oh, whoa. Because they're you guys, you because guys they're do good. This. They're good mm-hmm. in it too. That's yeah. what the other yeah. thing. They're very yeah. good actors. <laughs> like they can make it work. And Tucker's run with Friday, the Dead Presidents, and Fifth Element, Money Element. Talks. Like this felt like an event for me because I was like real, real in the Jackie Chan because of Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I think mentioned him at the MTV Movie Awards, and then I went and watched Rumble in the Bronx. So like I remember this one and two kind of felt like events for me. Like I remember when like he's not coming back for the sequel. I, mean, I remember everyone in the theater laughing. Like I don't know, this was this is fun. Like well, I don't know. The first two movies were massive, yeah. massive smash hits. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to spend the whole time talking box office for obvious reasons, but the first one it opened with thirty-eight million dollars, thirty-three million dollars back when the, you know everyone was hoping for a ten million dollar opening. Yeah. You know, it was a classic case of nobody could have seen this movie starring non-white people breaking out big at the box office. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Um. And then the second one was a classic breakout sequel. It opened with $66 million in summer 2001. That was a run of wow. Rush Hour 2, American Pie 2. Those are both yeah. around the I mean, same time. To put that in perspective, that was like, at that time, the biggest opening weekend ever was Jurassic World Park 2 with $72 million. So it was like in the top five. That's skip trace numbers. Uh, less than that on an opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. But not for nothing. Um, uh, Jackie Chan has the most style in this movie of the three. He's, he's oh, yeah. like he's he's yeah. going for it. Where they make him, I don't want to say make him look like a nerd in two and three, but like he seems like they're, they're they're styling him more. He's here. dressed like, like someone's dad. Yeah, in like the other one. Yeah, here he has like his hair's all slicked back. He's got a cool suit on. Like he looks like a. I, part of that's because it's supposed to be somewhat of a mystery, right? He's he's more of a not a secret right. agent but he's more of like a undercover type cop character as opposed to just like i'm just a cop from china and here's my wacky partner type thing mm-hmm. that they go for in the next few movies so this is one of the first movies that when i moved to la i realized oh man editing because there's a chase coming up that just does not make a lick of sense and i i lived in this uh i lived a couple blocks down from the chinese and stuff and i was like and then, like, I, like, Rush Hour was on TV or something, and I put it, I was, like, th- it was around this part. I'm, like, cool. I'm, like, wait, that? No. Oh, wow. 
how they get their oh and they're back and yeah it was they took a bus <laughs> I think the key of that is that, who is that guy? That's John Hawks. John Hawks. Oh shit! That's, that's Academy yes. Award nominee John Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Marcy Maymelines. Yeah. John I still no, know no, no. what you did last summer's John Hawks. Exactly. Oh yes, yeah. that that too. That his best um, credit, which is like two months after this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big Hawks year. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I still know what you did last summer. Yep. He yeah. still knows what they did last summer. He, he didn't knows. make it to the island. He, uh, yeah. him and Freddie were in the Jack uh, Black. Yep. Yes. Jack Black and John Hawks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He's back. He's hanging back with Freddie Prince Jr. Back in back in land. He's like, we gotta go, man. He's like, all right. And then he sings White Snake and dies. Yeah. There's so. a good. There's a good run of like him, um, Shea Wiggum, and Michael Shannon appearing in bit parts of these kind of movies. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, like Pearl Harbor or Michael Shannon and. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Mark, you mentioned like Quentin Tarantino mentioning Jack Chan stuff. Like, so that Rumble in the Bronx is just this weird thing where, like, it opened so much. I don't think we credit how much that did because I remember seeing the trailer on that for that on like what like Desperado on VHS or something when that came out. And so it was like, you gotta check out Jackie Chan. He's coming. It's like, oh, okay, I'll rent that. And then you rent Rumble in the Bronx, and it's awesome. But you know what, Rumble. Wait. Rent? I saw that in theaters on opening weekend. Congrats, Scott. Anyways, <laughs> hipster, uh, Chan hipster. But so, like, then when you get Rumble the Bronx, that had a big trailer for like Sonny Chiba and like who I didn't know of, mm. and uh, the Street Fighter movies, which led me to that. So there's like this whole string of like recommendations finding Jackie Chan. What you don't remember that, Aaron? Yeah, no, like. No, I'm just I'm watching the movie. Oh, oh okay. Being stupid. I'll hang it from the Hollywood <laughs> side. Because yeah. he's what? Because he's like posing for pictures. Because he's like so proud of himself <laughs> for like, capturing this man. <laughs> yeah, but it's like now that we convinced you to watch this Jackie Chan fella, let us tell you about this other. Remember Bruce Lee? He sucked. This is Sonny <laughs> Chiba. Quentin Tarantino presents Bruce Lee sucks. Watch these Rolling roll, Rolling Thunder Pictures. You remember yeah, Rolling no, Thunder Tarantino Pictures? Was very much that's what drove for... me nuts about some of the discourse a few years back. It's like. Maybe Tarantino doesn't like doesn't like Bruce Lee for whatever reason, but he clearly is a fan of the subgenre. Yeah, nothing says doesn't like Bruce Lee. It's like, thanks to like him that I saw a hero on a giant fucking screen. I don't think he doesn't like Bruce Lee. I just think he liked Chiba's movies better. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean, it's it's not a personal thing, but Chiba's movies can get crazy. I I did I, I watched his box set that came out last year. There's some wild stuff in there. The Street Fighter was the first and boss. I think it's the first movie rated X for violence. Yeah, and that's not even close to his crazy yeah. like where that should have been rated X. There's, I knew about he's got like a what I knew about you because of True Romance because Chris uh, yeah, yeah. goes to watch a Street Fighter marathon. <laughs> so like I was I was aware of Sunny Chiba even though I didn't have any access to like the movies at the time. Right, I eventually caught up with them. Um, but like yeah, you're not wrong as far as yeah, the Rolling Thunder pictures just the way he was just importing stuff or like making making a name for certain you know. Asian stars that America was just not aware of mm-hmm. uh, on a large degree. I like this. And... The cab driver also has a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, when do we get to New York? Um... <laughs> and I also love the stolen motorcycle, like the rock, Con Air, this. I feel like yeah. stolen motorcycle action scenes were big in the 90s. That's good. I yeah. believe uh, Brat- Ratner just threw a gong in there just to make sure you got that he could speak English. <laughs> right. I, I believe it was underneath a sign that said culturally insensitive. I think that was part of the, uh, the gag as well. Um, 
Also, in, in addition to uh, Tarantino with that, Sage Stallone, the late Sage, uh, Sylvester Stallone's kid, big, uh, he he started Grindhouse Releasing, which was just oh, like okay. uh, Rolling Thunder Pictures, and he brought a lot of stuff. They were both at the same time bringing similar material uh, to the U.S., um, which is... I know Stallone yeah. on multiple occasions begged Jackie Chan to be a villain in one of his films, but he just didn't want to play yeah, a villain doesn't do, you know, Chan doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this here now where there is just constant you know, one like film Twitter, funny. where if, if you kill a man in a movie you're actually a murderer yeah it's a, it's endorsement i forgot to mention <laughs> this but during the opening of this movie something i entirely forgot the whole thing is set around like the british rules end yes. of reign over hong kong which right. is such a specific detail that i don't think anyone really like thinks about when they watch this like oh this is when that's very specifically said it's movie. just set up for the plot of Rush Hour. <laughs> it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's weird. It's it's, an, it's basically irrelevant to the story, but you know, it's, it's, it's it's only there to be like, well, we have we cast Tom Wilkinson, so I guess we need to like involve Britain in this for some reason. Because <laughs> I can tell you this, he was not the first person they considered. Um, they they had uh, where I had it. Where they have they have. Uh, David Morris and J.T. Walsh were considered for the Tom Wilkinson character. Well, you know how Tom Wilkinson got the role. How? He begged. Like a dog. Oh. I thought you were going to say he killed J.T. Walsh. <laughs> Jesus, Scott. This is a, pretty, this is a kid-friendly <laughs> podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't break down this podcast. Oh! <laughs> And um, this scene was everywhere too on the trailer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dance with Jackie Chan. This, yeah. this movie had so many point. trailer moments. Like you felt this could be a movie that if you one of those movies were like you didn't see it but you felt like you did, just because like the trailer was so packed with everything and people were you know talk about it a lot. Uh, it could be one of those. I, I'd imagine. I know you're saying it's all over LA, but there's a lot of location work here, is there not? Sorry, Brandon. It yeah, feels yeah, authentic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's filmed there, so they can, you know. I mean, who who wasn't going around saying, "Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?" <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. everyone is the answer everybody. to that question. That's the uh, that's what happened. Everybody. Um, some what stuff about this movie. Yeah. Uh, Rennie Harlan was almost a director on it. Okay. The perk that's markup ironic. right there. Yeah. Uh, you got you have glaucoma. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I do. <laughs> you better have glaucoma, so sing a weed. Sorry. <laughs> uh, initially when this was like a disney project i believe this was a there was a the, the earliest possible version of this was going to be a martin lawrence chris farley movie oh jeez i believe chris farley was going to play lawrence the uh, makes sense. black cop and martin lawrence would be the chinese man um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh, martin lawrence was on this for a while chris farley got off um then, like, the whole Disney aspect of it uh, just fell apart. Uh was taken on. Like, it went through various channels. Eventually got into um, Ratner's hands. Um, various people were considered for Chris Tucker. You had Wesley Snipes, uh, Eddie Murphy, who turned this down to do Holy Man, future classic. Um, Whoops. And um, Dave Chappelle and uh, Will Smith and Tupac was considered. Huh. Interesting. Will okay. Smith, that's easy. You can see that happening here, I think, pretty easily. Let me see uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle would be interesting because this is like half baked Dave Chappelle, right? He's like super skinny, 
Like, I, I'd, be, I'd be curious. I mean, there'd be a lot to ask of him action wise, but that's yeah, because he's he's very lanky in the early nine in the mid nineties. We're like, you know, I can see him doing it now. Let's put a gun in his hand. <laughs> I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, Blue Street Dave Chappelle's not doing this. Yeah, um, uh, Tupac I think would probably work pretty well here. I'd be excited to see that movie. <laughs> like he's proven himself multiple times at that point. Yeah. Um, obviously he's just not around anymore. So has he know. done comedy? Gridlocked with Tim Roth Gridlock, is like yeah. a that's co- fair. It's essentially okay, yeah, a, yeah. Is when I think of his films, I think of them relative. You know, re- yeah, but he's generally like, yeah, he has a brightness to him in his in the energy he brings to his performances. So if you put it like you know he's not Chris Tucker, but I could I could see him sparring with Jackie Chan. That I'd be oh yeah, I'd be interested in what that would be. With that, um. But I, I do think, and you know, whatever. But you know, when this film comes out, when they're marketing it, it, Chris Tucker already had established himself as such a wild, over-the-top personality in films that people had seen, like you know, Money Talks and The Fifth Element. That the idea of pairing this specific guy with Jackie Chan was a, obviously it was a very successful hook. Well, yep. putting Tucker in a suit was a change too, because he that was too. relatively lightly dressed in a lot of his yeah, roles, playing hood-type characters, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Let, along with Ruby Rod, uh, the most dressed man ever in radio broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ratner. Scott, obviously picked... can you Scott? Can you read the subtitles for me coming up here? Uh, I will pass. I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> I I can't say this wasn't an awkward <gasps> scene to watch. <laughs> Being a twelve year old, uh, hearing Jackie Chan say these things. Um, what bugs me about stuff like this is that Jackie Chan doesn't know what he's saying oftentimes when it comes to this stuff. Like you can see it in the mm-hmm. outtakes where they're just feeding him lines. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Um, which is it's such a I, I can see why he wouldn't necessarily like these movies, even though he makes them. Um just because I like I it seems like he was more invested in the Shanghai movies. It feels like there's something there. Scott, maybe you could speak to this, given that you're a lifelong fan of Shanghai Nights. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think the problem with this scene like this, even when I was a kid, when I first saw it, I was 18, is like, I want to be rooting for Jackie Chan to be beating up people. But in this situation, he is not in the right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a misunderstanding. But, you know, it's 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 was it that hard for to give him a legit reason to beat up a room full of, of people? Instead, you have a you know this giant action scene where based on a misunderstanding where I feel bad for the people having their asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. All of those things. Yeah. I know there's some reshoots. Were these part of it to beef up the action? A the reshoots bit? are at the end. The reshoots okay. are at the, the end action sequences. That's, that's where Got they it. inserted. So, he's just, stuff. <laughs> so they just wrote action scene around a misunderstanding. And he just wipes people out in a bar. Yes. Playing pool during the day. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, even, I mean, obviously, I like Shanghai Noon quite a bit, but I, I the final action scene of that film also thrives on a, a similar misunderstanding where him, who's one of the good guys, is fighting other good guys because they don't get that he's on their side. So it's like, who are we rooting for here exactly? But also, you need someone that can counter him in martial arts moves. So it's like, yeah. okay, we have, to, we have to find a way to make this work. But Shanghai um, Nights is, though, we got Mayor Carcetti uh, with the sword, so that works. We can... Uh... yes. <laughs> I do. I do think that the Shanghai Noon and Nights is more because this is territory Jackie Chan's been through. It's just kind of a light dash of it, and the, those are more what he does. Where he's like, "Well, I can take playing with his settings and coming up with creative things." Oh yeah, I mean, even watching the first Shanghai Noon, 
that was more of a what I would consider a Jackie Chan film in terms of the quality, quantity and quality of action. Yeah, it has what I assume Mark would call best log running scene of 2000 in Shanghai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and best prison escape Pete by peeing on a uh, uh-huh. a shirt, for sure. Yeah. I love a good log running scene. God, Wilson has Insomnia, a good line in that, too. Where he's that, like, yeah. Wilson has a good line in that. In that old, he's like, you said like bar, Ben Break Bar, not Piss Bar, Ben Break. Like, it was something like <laughs> wordplay he does. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, cliffhangers are excellent again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his character really confused me in cliffhanger because i'm like what this guy's here he's not the second in command he's just kind of a pain in the ass i remember watching that when i was like 12 or 13 and i, I think lithgow agreed with you he's yeah. the one that has the codes <laughs> yep. yeah, i was, I was like the guy brokering the deal i can't wrap my head around this guy because i'm so used six to com- the million combinations you can't figure that out <laughs> <laughs> Here's another scene where Jackie Chan beats up people that don't have really anything wrong to do here. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, oh yeah. Yes, you're at an embassy and you're coming here assaulting us, sir. <laughs> you don't uh can't deal with that. That is kind of chance like that's again the there's not a darkness, but like his his motivation is this girl I care about's gone. And so I'm a wrecking ball right now. And I do like that's a way to balance him with Chris Tucker, who's a loose cannon, uh, where Chan is thinking only in emotions as opposed to being like the he's not the best cop possible because he's doing things wrong he's a fish out of water i, I think there's yeah. there's an effort that you know this is the strongest of the characters and the, the character work done in well, of, the three, of these three movies he's being done wrong in a way where he's trying to be kept away from the for sure no, there's stuff, a, yeah, he, there's he's a not there. killing people he's he's subduing them and also it's it's a fustering situation because it's one of those plots where if everybody would just sort of stop and talk to each other it would be fine they would work (laughs) together and and things would be resolved in a much less confrontational manner i just don't know why Um, you can't pick up a telephone and call the embassy and be like hey i'm coming over exactly it's me your best friend (laughs) and it's funny because if you watch the trailer to this film, it's it sets up a very different story where the kidnapping happens. Chris Tucker screws it up. So then, you know, the ambassador says, OK, you guys effed up. I'm calling in my guy and Jackie Chan shows up. Um, yeah. yeah, he wants to blame the black guy. I know how new line works. <laughs> <laughs> What's this move right here? It is like I get a bed sheet or something with a gun and all this stuff. There it is. Another good yeah, trailer moment. The, yeah. yeah, he takes the gun. Good outtake moment too, because it takes like thirty tries. <laughs> right. Which I imagine, yeah, probably not easy to lift a gun out of a holster through your feet, put it into the thing. And this is really random, but I worked with Tai Ma on Million Dollar Arm. And he was a really nice dude. I had I was a first team PA on that. And uh I hated that job. I hated being a first team PA. I would always try to not get that get gig, but on this movie I was, and like he was a pleasure to work with. So it's always there's very few actors who I would actually stop and say, I like this dude, but like, he was he was fun to hang out with on Good. set. Good to know. Him and Bill Paxton. That dude's like my favorite. He was, yeah. Yeah, Sayama, who um, I believe his Twitter profile thing says like, like everyone's uh, Asian dad or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but didn't he try, he, he was Jack Bauer's nemesis, wasn't he? I mean, to be oh, fair, yes. all of us at one point are Jack Bauer's nemesis. <laughs> a was Jack yeah, Bauer's nemesis. I was me in the third season. 
<laughs> the real mole is the friends we made along the way. Right. <laughs> um, well, this is our third adventure together, Jack. I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna. Are you gonna kill me, or are you gonna find someone else I've killed? <laughs> uh, this movie was written, or at least co-written, by Jeff Kofe. Among his credits include Stakeout, Operation Dumbo Drop, Snow Dogs, and one film called, that's right, The Boogans. Shout out to Jimmy O. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, sequels are both written by, uh, the sequels are both written by Jeff Nathanson, uh, Spielberg's guy, for a little while there. He writes Stakeout, which makes about as much money as Lethal Weapon coming out like a month you know, later, a month before, but then doesn't come up for a franchise, or a good one anyway. Nobody sees another Stakeout, so he's like, man. Yeah, he sticks with like kid friendly stuff basically is where he mm-hmm. goes from there. But managed to get himself into a rush hour deal for the first movie at least. And then he writes basically the weapon. Ken Lung here going for the bleach blonde look. He's a big Cisco <laughs> he's a big he's a big Cisco fan. And X-Men the Last Stand. X-Men the Last yeah, he kept it short back in those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Ratner, he kept it tight. <laughs> Man, this this, kill, this kills me. 50s, 50s. You want any fives with that? That just destroys me. Do you think kidnap Chelsea Clinton? You want any fives? That was in the trailer too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the that was the like, you know, it like one man will stop them. They cut to fifty million. Like that's the yeah, that's the introducing <laughs> Chris well, Tucker. Hey, the, the bloopers. Does he have trouble saying Chelsea Clinton? And yeah, like, this is like, Chelsea Clinton. Like ne- acting like he'd never heard of her before. Like he doesn't care. It's the president's daughter. Like it's the... We knew socks and Chelsea back then. Everyone did. White people did. I mean, I don't. <laughs> people in the hood are looking at looking at the Clinton family as a whole. Oh man! Don't want fries with that. Yeah, that just Sorry. that's so funny. <laughs> and it's like most of his stuff's improvisations. Like all of his, like a lot of his scenes are just like him riffing. You know what, uh, Ratner and the editor were talking about how they could barely put together the uh, the the scene we we're talking about with the dude from Winter's Bone, with John Hawks, and Chris yeah. Tucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, I, like I don't even think that makes sense, but we had to like somehow do it because they were something different every take. Yeah, this is Chelsea Clinton. Next one's Gefilte Fish. Can't say that for the life of them. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't remember the third one well enough to know if there was some <laughs> some gaff that he kept messing up. Also, yeah, Jackie's right. This is stupid. If you're kidnapping a little girl, you're not going to put her yeah. in a building like this. <laughs> I mean, it's the extent to which the film doesn't care about what happens here, where what, like a dozen cops get blown up, mm-hmm. makes me think that it was a, you know, a last minute insert to increase the action. Because the film progresses as if nobody's injured in this scene. You, you know what film does this better? Uh, bait. Yeah. There's like, there's a mid-action mm-hmm. sequence where David Pamer's strapped to like a chair with yeah. a bomb. And is it more straight? Chill, chill factors, uh, David yeah. Tamer. He was yeah. all over the action back then. Yeah, he, that's he, a brutal, nasty movie. It is for a movie that has it, Jamie Foxx giving a very yeah. spirited performance. It's a it's a very R rated Antoine yeah. Fuqua movie. Yeah, it's an Antoine Fuqua movie through and through. <laughs> that's what I think it's one of the first ones. I think this guy's mean. I mean, this, that was the jump for Fox, right? That was his first yeah. like 
Yeah, it was uh, he's he can do more. Yeah, he went from being like yeah side roles and and romantic booty call. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right stuff. in that it acknowledges the collateral damage. Yes, yeah, yeah that's the that's that that point. Yeah. Appeal, you know, it like, it blows was... up a major character and everyone's like really sad about it for like yeah. ten minutes before they get back into the the plot. Well, I need to watch Bait now. Bait's solid. I like Bait. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Louise. Bates like the if I'm watching Blue Streak and I'm like okay I had my laughs let me get to the more serious stuff Bates the other <laughs> Bates the other TV TBS movie I'd watch there's a Snapcase Blue uh, DVD as well yep Jamie Fox on the cover I think the special feature was interactive menus oh man those menus are so interactive and a trailer <laughs> trailer I appreciate tra- I grew to appreciate trailers for isolated some score track like, yep scene selection. Never would imagine it was a special feature till Mulholland Drive came out. I like that this guy. He starts his run and he almost trips and falls, but yeah, he keeps going. Ken Leon's an intense authentic. runner. He's a he's an yeah. intense runner. Yeah. Um, I love when movies keep bits like that. Yeah, because it just it makes it so much more authentic. A movie allowed to be loose. Back That's why I brought him back for um for X Men: The Last Stand, so he can be the guy that has. Porcupine spines on his body? That's his blowfish face. Blowfish face. Wait, one does? He's not the one who throws spikes from his hands? No. 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 That guy's barely in the movie. He's just in a forest. He's in the Fox Woods for a scene and Wolverine, you know, hurts him. That's old old stick arms. Marvel Comics (laughs) stick arms, of course. And then the guy keeps cutting his arms off and then finishes off by it with a nut nut kick. Like that's. uh... Yeah, he says, grow those back. But first, the guy goes, "Kick man!" He's like a really st- like he's yeah. that exact accent. Like he's a very the wood the the wood guy. Whoa. I mean, the guy with the, out of his hands, like they cut his you know best lines, where it's like, "It's time to raise the stakes." <laughs> Should have kept it in there. Raise the stakes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> What is that on both finger? Where it's like, hey, Cliff, you're on a cliff. I'm going to push you off. Like, yeah. it's, it's like you got to think, time to raise the stakes. Oh, because they're st- throwing stakes. Oh. got Eddie Murphy in that movie. Jesus. <laughs> By the time they got put together, he names Cliff his Cliff. <laughs> keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Is this the trailer shot, too, where this he like, a- throws the axe? This is one of my favorite action beats in the film. Yeah, it's a good chase. These shot. two very intense characters are yeah. going at it in a very well lit, well, you know, well shot sequence. And yeah, it's it's you know, low tech by Jackie Chan action standards, but it works. In the yeah. mid two thousands, this would be a uh, parkour chase. <laughs> <laughs> parkour. This Adam is where they're surviving fall from. It looks like at least fifty feet. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> just get right back up. Ooh. Land on like a piece of plywood. on wood and everything. Yeah, they'll get right oh. over. Oh, I know they're, they're on the by... road. They're in the road. But, yeah. But yeah, they just fell the... fifty feet onto the ground. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a John Wick fall right there. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, at least I broke all... my shit. That's a, that's a lie that always makes <laughs> catch and release. <laughs> at least they're laying down. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're taking a take a breath. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. What? So, like, I grew up. Like, Friday was a thing that I was watching a lot at that point. Like, I had that VHS. Um, mm-hmm. 
I oh, hadn't yeah. I hadn't seen Dead Presidents till later. Like that happened. He pops up in Jackie Brown. I'm like, God, Chris Tucker. And then Fifth Element became like my jam for a good year. Uh, so it's like this Chris Tucker doing it for me. So yeah, putting him in a movie like this. Oh, I forgot about Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fifth Element. Yeah, Ruby Round. Ruby. Uh, yeah. And, oh, and Money Talks. It's, it's, money, money Talks, a movie that's also yeah. very violent, um, but um, very much has that energy throughout it um, for its very scant 90 minute runtime. Uh, I was enjoying Chris Tucker a lot. So getting him in a movie with Jackie Chan, who, like you guys, had been discovering in the various VHS or in some cases in theaters like Scott, um, seeing his movies. Uh, I saw Operation Condor and First Strike in theaters and Mr. Dice Guy. Mm -hmm. I think Roman the Bronx is the only one I didn't see in theaters, actually, come to think of it. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I I was there. I think I would go see him. I I drug my mom to First Strike. It was like my... uh, it's like my birthday. We had school canceled, and she's like, "Whatever you want to do today," because it was a snow day or, or like it snowed a bunch. So I remember, like, "You want to go see a movie?" I'm like, "Yep, I want to go see First Strike." <laughs> she would have never, but it's my birthday. I took her, and she was, she laughed her ass off. Had a good time. So I'm I like, remember... "Oh, you like that?" No, nah, not really. I'm like, well, "You were laughing <laughs> the whole way through." You're I outside. My, I took my uncle to Rumble in the Bronx, and he had no idea what his in for, but he had a good mm-hmm. time with it. I um I remember I saw Mr. Nice Guy. Um uh, my mom it was my mom and I and one of her friends and they went to see Goodwill Hunting in the neighboring theater. So I went to see Mr. Nice Guy because I don't want to see some movie about some math janitor. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I want to see a movie where Jackie Chan plays a TV chef that happens to be amazing at Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> so but that movie's only, you know, so long. So I walked out of that. I saw the like last 20 minutes of Goodwill Hunting, like, that was like a pretty good movie. So I read it, read it, read it that, you know, six months later, whatever, when it came on VHS, like that was a really good movie. <laughs> Ah, those boys are going somewhere i tell you one of the (laughs) first ones of that of that streak by i think mid chewbacca henry just pops up in here for a seat mid 99 (laughs) uh shit i just forgot the name of it god darn it for what who am i who am i yeah just the one that premieres on hbo and watching it on a lark and i don't know if you've seen it or not but it may have the best fisticuffs mono on mono fight in any fucking jackie chan movie ever I mean, um, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but that's some good ones. I, mean, we watch well, I, I would say the climax is between him and two other guys on the top of a building. It's freaking amazing. Him and anyway. the, the, the Benny the Jet fights he has, like, in his, yeah. in, like wheels on meals. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, what, what we just want? Dragons Forever. Dragons and, Forever. And oh, uh, like, Project A. Like, there's, <laughs> there is some, uh, let alone drunken. Uh, Drunken Master, uh, Drunken Master Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drunken Master Two's finale is. Who am I has good action? No doubt, I agree with you. There is very good action. There's the tuxedo. I saw the tuxedo in yeah, theaters. I saw that. I did not theaters. see the medallion. I, I did not. not, yeah, I, did not miss much of the I think the tuxedo kind of ruined me seeing Jackie Chan American movies in theaters at that point. I didn't see that or what? What's the nanny one? Uh, Spy next door. Spy next door. I did not see that in theaters. Although to be fair, he followed it up with the Karate Kid. So there you go. Wait, Jennifer Love Hewitt was. Yep, that's tuxedo. Oh, yeah, that's tuxedo. That, that movie had a poster. Claire Forlani's that was medallion. Like, I was like, "There's Jackie Chan. There's Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't care what this is. I'm seeing it." And that's, that's basically all. my that's review. Twenty yep. years later, <laughs> like, is this movie the good? No. Did I enjoy watching it? Yes, I did. Yeah. What's the What's the last of these like his American like ones where he's coming in? Well, he trades uh, in there. Medallion might be the last. No, Medallion's fairly because that's 2003. He still has. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. He's still no, there's still there's still no, around there's around around the world in eighty days. Oh, um, yeah. Rush Hour Three, The Forbidden Kingdom. Which like, let's get these two guys together and make the worst action movie possible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the last one. Oh no, Spy that Next Door is after that still. It's Spy um, Next Door. Karate, was Karate Kid the last? Well, I'm not counting because that's different. That's not like a okay, that's fair. action movie. I'm trying to think of, if there's any. It might be Spy Next Door as far as like yeah. this unassuming man happens out. to know these crazy moves kind of movie. Hold on, I'm kind of curious. Now. I think so. Does that like, even make money? Because like Spy Skip Next Trace Day? isn't like an American movie. I yeah, wouldn't... that's two th- and that's yeah. 2016. But I, but I also wouldn't call that like an American. No, like, no that, that played it's not in the like same realm. In America. It's not in the same realm as this. No, not at all. There's the Pierce Brosnan one, The Foreigner. Oh yeah, that's later. Yeah, which but again, even that, that was sort of a which Hong again, Kong, or a Chinese picture that happened to play in America. Although it was a co-pro. And the and but like the genre is different, you know. It's not the action comedy yeah, Jackie yeah. Chan. It's more of it's taken with Jackie Chan at that point. Yeah, this guy, but like, yeah, he's doing this, but he's also doing a crap load of movies. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need to skip Trace too. Do we? We really don't. Yeah. I just to be fair, I've still yet to see Skip and Trace. Chan, I've yet uh, to just, see Skip Trace, but I I like Johnny Knoxville in movies, so I'm like I'm always yeah. curious. Kung Fu Yoga was fun. Yeah. It's That's, a fun pairing the two of them. Kung Fu Yoga's got isn't there like a a, a car chase with a with a tiger in the car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's where he plays like an archaeologist. That's like an Indiana Jones movie. He plays like an archaeologist in that yeah, thing. Who happens? Vanguard was pretty boring. Vanguard was pretty boring. And Vanguard felt like a, I'm passing it on to others because like a lot of other people do martial arts now yeah. also. And he's just like, I'm here too, doing stuff occasionally. And there's jet skis in that one, so I give it an A. Jet, yeah, despite there is a jet its ski quality. Ah. Yeah, despite its quality, it's automatic A minus. <laughs> yeah, the spine next door might be the last. That's the last one. like traditional like Jackie Chan in America. Yeah, because by 2015 he's doing Dragon Blade in China with with uh, you know Chinese superstar uh, uh, Aiden Brody and John Cusack. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yep. all they could get on oh, the war moment. Yeah, them dancing. Holy shit! There's a 2015 remake of Who Am I that he did not star in but produced. Hmm. Of course. Fair enough. There's a, oh, it was gorgeous too. That came out in '99. Yeah, with that one and then the what the police stories. There's so many variations. It's hard to figure out what is mm-hmm. franchise and what's not, and what's spinoff and what's this. Like I, I was putting together something for Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, I was trying to figure out the police story franchise. They get pretty Speaking convoluted. Speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go for it. This, uh, this is the movie that inspired Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. exists because there is a there is a fan of Jackie Chan movies named Sen Leung. Um, who was a big Jackie Chan fan, and in anticipation of this movie, he created a very hastily put together website that collected all the reviews of his other Jackie Chan movies. And it launched in August because that's when Rush Hour was supposed to come out. Then it got delayed to to, uh, to September, um, but he still had what he needed to make the skeleton of what Rotten Tomatoes was at that time, which have obviously expanded uh, many times over uh, in, the, in the years since. But uh, yeah, this is the Mark Zuckerberg of film criticism. Yeah, to, to blame, if you want to blame <laughs> anybody, I know what my monster would become. If you want to blame somebody for Rotten Tomatoes, Jackie Chan is your man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, we interrupted you. But ne- next time you next time you watch that video of Jackie Chan being surprised by all of his students behind him when he's singing, and he's really like, "Oh my god!" You also think, "But you're also a monster that created what?" <laughs> <laughs> this restaurant is real, by the way. It still exists, and it has a sign in it that says, "Hey, this is the place where they run film rush hour, uh, the Fu Chow <laughs> restaurant that the, the bad guys are in." When they were just taking each other's guns, I do love the shot through the alley onto them, the way that's framed, the kind of centered framing. They get Adam Greenberg flexing. Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right about Ratner. Just kind of let them do their things. Same thing about Beverly Hills Cop. Like Eddie Murphy had a hot hand. Just let them, be, let them do it. Hire professionals and get a professional job. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> But it was inspired to put him with Owen Wilson after this, like a real droll guy. Like it's both these castings are pretty solid because that's a similar like. Did, what, did we just talk about this? With what, why did we talk about behind enemy lines for some reason at some point? But like <laughs> that was that period where they're like, let's just test Owen Wilson out and stuff, and the, mm-hmm. obviously the comedic stuff clicked. <laughs> one one thing I do like, I again, spy man. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, the Rush Hour sequels. You know, after the first one comes out, it's really successful. You'll notice in the sequels that there's more of an effort to make Chris Tucker an equal in the action sequences. But one thing I like about Shanghai Nights is that it still makes no effort to make Owen Wilson an equal yeah. in the action sequences. <laughs> well, that's a huge trailer moment, right? What, John, what yeah. in our history together have you ever think I could do something? I still <laughs> throw that line out in casual conversation as often as possible. <laughs> and that, that was the line that makes, oh, I'm going to love this movie. So, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, Chris Tucker is a streetwise cop. Like, it makes yeah. sense he can hold his own in a fight. Like, where Owen Wilson's like, yeah, when did this guy learn to rust to wrestle? Like, <laughs> he's a fake. He's a fake outlaw. Like, that's mm-hmm. his whole stick. Brim. <laughs> so I was looking at like Mark was talking about Jackie Chan, the franchise stuff. So like I, so it looks like we got Police Story, the Armor of God series, which includes an Operation Condor. Uh, Project A, the Rush Hours, Lucky Stars, Drunken Master, Shanghai Noon, and if you want to count them, Kung Fu Panda, because he was there at the start. So I think that's most. That's all of his franchises. Wow. Yeah. Those Kung Fu course, Panda movies make bank too. And of course, mm-hmm. the Jackie and they're Chan, good. The yeah. Jackie Chan Adventures, the uh, TV series, of the course. TVs, yes. <laughs> and I saw he guested as himself on Martin. How y'all feel? So we do have our Jackie Chan Martin <laughs> Lawrence team. Maybe he was recruiting because it was 96. So with that, by the way, I know that Ratner, because he was such a big Jackie Chan fan, he wanted in this movie. He went to South Africa to Jackie Chan while he was filming something to pitch this movie to him. Um, I think they f- shot Martin in America. <laughs> there was an old... You don't remember the famous Martin set? That's why the show got canceled. It just became too expensive right. to keep to keep flying them out to South Africa every weekend. Right. There was an old story that I heard back when I was in college. I don't know if this is true or not. So I'm going to be spreading spreading innuendo, but that the I was told that the way Brett Ratner pitched this movie to Jackie Chan was like, "This movie is not good. It will only be good if you are in it." I've heard that. Yeah. Mm. Hey, appeal to that ego. I, I don't know what other version of this there is. Like, <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, as, as the movie only works because of these two, I would say. Yeah, and that's not exactly a hot take, but I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a eight by numbers movie. Otherwise, um, 
Roscoe's yeah. is not remotely near Chinatown, by the way. Like, there's no, there's no direction he could point that would help these two people out to find Roscoe's any quicker. <laughs> this, this bit <laughs> sniffs rice, determines it's not good. Throws it away. Excellent palate. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm still uh, thinking about that axe fight from earlier. That was a show. That's completely so forgotten. Nice. That yeah, was a yeah. fucking axe fight. Oh, this is where we're supposed to be like, well, if we weren't paying attention to the plot, it'll be surprising to us that Tom Wilkinson was not credited third in this movie for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy Wilkes. I mean, 98 was the year of axe fighting because Firestorm. <laughs> still alive! <laughs> <laughs> You hear smoke jumper? Smoke jumper! Smoke jumper! Smoke jumper! I feel like a data post is coming now. <laughs> the Axe Fight in 1998. It's 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 that, this, and um, you know what's it? What's it? Was Stallone and Momoa? Um, that one movie. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Bullet, bullet to the head. Bullet, bullet to the head. head. Yes. It's Conan oh. versus Rocky. Conan Saws, it's barely a fight. That's like shrieking, diving, bell in the butterfly. And then he just immediately gets tossed out by Bond. And then. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And we, we can add H2O. Halloween, oh, yeah, Halloween H2O. Yeah, she took the, the axe. Michael! Oh, doesn't Momoa fight in Stephen, Lang, in Stephen Lang in that one movie? The killer um, from oh. Urban Legend has an axe, too. Whoa. She chops off the head in the back from the back seat of the car. She chops off Natasha Gregson Wagner's head. A highly impractical move for a body <laughs> of that size within a car <laughs> from the back seat. Oh, leverage! And it goes out the wind front, like the driver's side window. What's so... the what, what's the movie from Momoa <laughs> and Lang where they're father and son and they have axes? Wait, what? It's <gasps> what? It's Jason Momoa and Stephen Lang. They're father and son in Alaska. And they fight. They fight like Braven. 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 That is. That's it. Yeah. Is that a movie or a show? That's a movie. No, no. Bra Braven's a show. No, there's another. There's a movie. no. Braven's the movie, and then he has C, and then another one oh, okay. where he's a trapper. Mm. Does Deep Rising Deep Rising have an axe? Someone oh, gets axe sure. in the head. Deep Rising has like I think axe to tentacle action. <laughs> yeah, it has to. You have to do that with tentacles. You have to like cut a couple so, off to show that it's still going. The mist does for sure. The mix has it. The mist has an axe to tentacle action. A lot of a lot of axe action. Yeah, braving it because Garrett Dillahunt's the bad guy in that one. <laughs> What's the show with Momoa? That's also like Alaska for whatever reason. Like he has a lot of like it's uh, like fur trappers or something. Frontier, frontier. <laughs> a peak TV. Uh, oh, this Seven Samurai reference that I really like right here. <laughs> Which one do you kick me? Ran to go over the prestige jokes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one are you yelling at me? <laughs> that made it an extra twenty million. I think you just see that it's on the a, It's a good line. The way because the foot appears out of nowhere. What did Lethal Weapon Four have an axe? Oh, um, I probably yeah. Because does, doesn't I know the cool scene when Gibson like tosses the thing from the semi? That's like a that's a that's not an axe. But does, doesn't he knife, kill right? Jet Li? With, well, he kills him with a machine I think gun. They, but doesn't, doesn't no, like, they spear him with something. Well, I think they start out chase like charging him with like weapons, and I think uh -huh. I want to say one's an axe. It's hard to it's hard to remember because I'm I'm so like bought bought in by now to the fact that two elderly men were able to beat Jet Li in a fight. So like, 
they cheated. It only works because they cheated. Yeah. Which and they that's, had. That's, that's not cheating. It it's okay. just it's just natural board strength, Scott. That's what it was. <laughs> that 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 an elderly black man and a, a wiry Australian were able to counter Jet Fucking Lee in Lethal Weapon War. Which, funny enough, like butters in that is kind of what we got with Tucker. Like you, you could see Chris Rock being. Oh, that's the other thing. In this movie. Yeah, I, I wrote this down. Both Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker were considered for Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> yeah. Both, they both oh were my actually gosh. considered. Yes. They were, Obviously, they Tucker were would have played the Jet Li's character, and Chan would have played the Chris Rock role. But I mean, you know, they wisely. <laughs> Which one of y'all kick me? <laughs> Dining platters are good weapons. We don't see enough of that in movies. If I ever tried to use a chair like that, it would uh, just I would break my wrist. <laughs> was an axe held in Godzilla? Sorry, I'm looking. Which got which Godzilla are you talking here? The Godzilla, you know. I think he means the summer of '98 Godzilla. <laughs> was an axe? It was like, did they fight one of the little raptor Godzillas or whatever? Yeah, Hard Rain might have had an axe. Uh, which, like, by I'm... the way, also stars Godzilla v Kong's Lance Reddick. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. It's Lance, oh. Lance Reddick is in both American Godzilla <laughs> franchises. I do like this where they they realize this is like a Hobbs and Shaw, but we're like, if we work together, <laughs> we can do it. But I like that they realize that two thirds of the way into the movie, yeah, not, not at the very the end, fight. where they're like, "Oh yeah. man, if, how can we possibly counter this man?" Well, if we keep one on one fighting him, we could maybe get him. I don't know. Uh, Fucking Riggs and Murtaugh figured out how to do that against Jet Li before those guys did. Exactly, and that's why they win because they cheat, <laughs> and that makes it okay. I like how belabored this shot is of them going down the stairs. It's like three different edits of them doing this. Oh. I think just them in pain sells it a lot too. I mean, Jackie oh, Chan's yeah. great at that. Like oh, just yeah. hitting oh, yeah. his fingers and doing all that, but Tucker's selling it too. Like he's being pretty unselfish. Like these guys like... are not gonna pull it off. <laughs> oh, I really think that's a huge part of I mean, not every action hero, but it's part of why I think Chris Pine works because he's got that Harrison Ford thing of I will fight you, but I don't want to. It's going <laughs> to hurt my hand when I punch you, and I'm not looking forward to that. They feel vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whatever my nitpicks with the Star Trek films, I love that Kirk loses basically every fight in that film. Yeah, Spock handles films. them several times. Yeah. <laughs> in all three of those films, he basically loses every fight. Yeah, on the platform he's losing, doesn't John yeah. John Cho step up and save the yeah. day? Yeah. Is my gun. Um, there's a lot of explosions in this movie, guys. Like, yeah, not many explosions. Yeah, no, movie the movie delivers a lot like, of bombs and stuff. I remember I saw this twice in the theater. I saw it like four times on an airplane. I mean, I saw it once in on opening night in theaters, but it was we flew to God. Where'd we go that year? Yeah, we were flying to Japan. Hmm. obviously um <laughs> it was a very long flight and they had several movies on whatever channel you happen to be on and this was one of them and it was you know this was more appealing than uh christ what's the one that isn't stepmom that stars meryl streep oh that isn't stepmom that isn't stepmom yeah it's still you know a mother figure dying of cancer right renee zellweger marvin's room Mar no that was no. zellweger um I don't even know where I pulled Marvin's room from. Oh, no, I know. Well, because you're on the right track. That's not a bad pull. 
Uh, River Wild? <laughs> one true thing. No, not one true thing with William Hurt. Yes, right? one true. Th- yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, with the big, with the, William the Big Hurt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, nothing to lose, which is a lesser Martin Lawrence, but he oh, I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. Oh, nothing yeah. to lose. That's, that's Robbins. Was that Steve Odekirk? Not to be confused with Bob Odenkirk. Am I one of the few people that like that movie? There's a I liked charm it back to then. it. That's okay. a good. That's a, that's a, that was a solid TBS movie for me. That's, oh, yeah. that's what it's on and very funny. Very funny. Tim Robbins very tall. Bart Lloyd's very short. Comedy. <laughs> good elbow well, work. I oh. get Chris Tucker getting into trouble, but it never made sense that Chan would be in trouble with his. Current, don't act like he's innocent. They encourage each other. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he did nothing wrong. Okay, Scott. Does 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 Tima have his daughter in his hands? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 why they're wrong. Period. Did, did oh, they okay. did they cause an explosion in a gunfight amidst the people that could easily just shoot the daughter in the face? Yes, that's why he's in the wrong. <laughs> Period. So I remember nothing to lose had a soundtrack song. It was a uh, Coolio. See you when you get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. R.I.P. We'll see you when we get there. Now, Coolio. Yeah. It ends the movie. They're all at the. They're all at like a family picnic, and uh, if Martin, you ever get there, Martin Lawrence's mom is like slapping Tim Robbins' hands for trying to get the food too early. It feels like that'd be in the movie Life, also, but it's not. No, it's Life, 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 Life. Do you think ninety eight might be tied for just having the amount of like, just big like Armageddon, Aerosmith, Hope Floats? I remember the live song on the trailer. Mm-hmm. City of Angels, Google Dolls. That's a great Bob Seger duet on Hope Floats. It's a pretty Halloween H2O Creed. Yeah, Godzilla, uh, Wallflowers, and P. Diddy. Come come with me. Come with me. Come with me. What (laughs) ghetto superstar? But there was like ghetto superstar. Good singles, singles out this year. Yeah, Bullworth had gold. Yeah, this this is a pretty good year for this. It was the monster that Batman Forever launched almost. Yeah. Music Is that inspired, the first by? inspired by, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't I can't imagine necessarily being the first inspired by, but yeah, you know. it's not like soundtracks weren't big or anything up to them. But Batman Forever was like kind of the one that was like started the like, yeah, we'll just throw you some stuff at your movie <laughs> and we'll call it and you can use it in the movie or not. <laughs> we'll have See, it on the record. It people might think it has something to do with the story, but it doesn't. You know, that seal song was in Free Willy 2 or 3. And then that didn't work. So then they put it on this and it becomes a gigantic Batman Forever becomes a gigantic <laughs> mm-hmm. hit. Schumacher liked it that he put it on yeah. there. That's why. Offspring do a cover for like a million dollars. And uh, everyone always forgets, but in between Men in Black and Wild Wild West in uh, Legend of Bagger Vance, there was the closing credit song, Getting Baggy With It. Getting Baggy With It, yep. That's not true, is it? Par, 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 par. Let me tell you something about jokes. Getting bogey with it. Eagle. That's all I got. Because I I now want that to be true. Please tell me it's true. <laughs> no, but I but what was true was that in the same year, Enemy of the State came out, and there was uh, the CIA just don't understand was at the end of that song. I remember that. <laughs> and if Jamie you stay through to it, they showed you the Star Wars trailer again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there a Meet Joe Black song, or was there one? I mean, no one ever remembered it because they just what never watched the movie in theaters. <laughs> Look out, there's another car. There's another car. Oh, no, there's more cars. Here yeah. comes my golf cart now. <laughs> the peanut butter song. Well, if it's 98, see, Can't Hardly Wait had a killer soundtrack. Oh, that yeah, summer. damn it. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> damn it, specifically, yes. Yes, yep. 
That's like that's like one, I love that song. That song's great. It had Buster Rhymes uh use of the Night Rider theme song. Because we had two songs that did that. You had the Timbaland and Magoo, and then you had Buster Rhymes. I still think Iris. I just yep. <laughs> just there we go. That song. Well, th- I mean, this year is one of my favorite movies, The Big Hit, which has what I would have to assume yep. is the last time Mark Wahlberg was on his own soundtrack of a movie because he does. Or he he admitted does, he did music. He does have a song on that soundtrack, "Don't Sleep." <laughs> um, mm. uh, but uh, I, I can't imagine him having other movies after that point that still had songs on the soundtrack. It's Bokeem Woodbine in the big hit. Damn right he is. Straight jacking. I was hoping he would get some award recognition for the inspection, but he didn't. Or Fargo. I mean, I, I, just dragging I'd be that as far away from rush hour as possible. I'd be, I'd be happy to have Bokeem Woodbine appear in most things. He's yeah. especially now. Like he's, he really kicked it up in the past few years. Mm-hmm. He found a niche in like character roles. Great cadence. I like back in the day when you could have heart to hearts on airplanes before they take off for flight. <laughs> and it's okay to just get on and then get off the airplane. Let alone Chris Tucker, who does not have a ticket for this plane, just kind of snuck on, immediately got a seat next to Jackie Chan. As the crew. Well, nobody wanted to sit next to Jackie Chan, so it worked out. There would be an easy joke here if he was on the aisle and Jackie's on the window and the reveals there's somebody in the middle. (laughs) That's that's an easy that's an easy joke that they do not do. But someone be like, "Excuse me, do you want to switch seats?" (laughs) That's that conversation's handled better than the Hobbs and Shaw one for sure. A lot of this movie's handled. Better. Yes, sure. yeah, I, I would say. I don't hate Hobbs and Shaw. Don't I don't either. Wrong. But it but... doesn't like every time I think about it, it doesn't like get better like, in no. my mind. And every time you watch it, it doesn't. So. No. Well, the one way to make Hobbs and Shaw get better is to watch Red Notice. Scott yeah. <laughs> or Black Adam. We don't need to talk about yeah. these things. <laughs> well, it's not Red Notice. Like that's. It's not yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. Congratulations. It's, it's, it's red notice. Here's your, here's your pile of crap of a trophy on it. It's not red notice. <laughs> Comparatively. Wilking it up in there. You got Tom. Tom Remember how Hobbs and Shaw made like, what, $700 million yeah. and it did not get an immediate green light for a sequel? <laughs> like, what, what wild work that is. Was it just Dwayne Johnson trying to piss off Vin Diesel and delay his movie, and then he proved his point and moved on? It, it really, it, every time, I, it does feel like a movie yeah. more and more made out of spite than anything else. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, James well, Statham's I mean, just like, okay, I guess I'm back over and fast again. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, whatever. <laughs> I make movies. Bloody hell, I don't care. Job's a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mechanic. Didn't <laughs> yeah, that guy die last time? <laughs> no. All right. Whatever. I still know how to drive. was a mass murderer. <laughs> But now I'm charming. I know where the drive takes me. Like Furious Seven, I watched the beginning of that when he kills thirty guards. When he murders and... a hospital. Yeah, he murders the hospital. Yeah. hospital. And then he's Uncle Statham in the next one. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. You're like, what is, what's happening? Yeah, like, and people and, and people ate it up. People are like, yeah. yes, this is exactly what we want. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, what? I mean, Hold I on. guess him saving a baby was probably the smartest thing you could do because like he saves babies. Yeah. He's not that bad. I like how they all get dressed for the finale. 
and they got good suits. So, you know, that's a who's who of character actors, right yeah, there. Yeah, there really is a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of notable people <laughs> in this scene. Oh, this is, you know, not to belabor a point. This is a very polished movie. Yeah, and it. It's not cheap, but it wears its budget in a smart and a compelling way. It feels big. Not huge, but big. This is where they go the hey, remember when you did police story and we yeah, uh-huh. can you do that again? <laughs> I, I like Tucker's suit here because his tuxedo because it feels like a choice is being made. It's not just sticking mm-hmm. in a It was a very nineties it was a very nineties thing to do that. I had one of my I went to a couple of problems. One of them I did I went with that look for it, but that was a very the button instead of a tie. And it registers. It, it, it pops in the right kind of way. And you're right. Jackie Chan looking good again with his hairs. Looking his hair's all like nice. also like, yeah. He, he, yeah. Like Brandon, you said, he did it right. He looks like, yeah, a police officer who's a dad. Like, that's, that's like his. This is before Uncle. He becomes Uncle. Yeah. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Jackie. Yeah. yeah. He looks like noticeably cool in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good look. Yeah, just something about the way his hair is cut. It's just, it's good. And I like how, you know, Chan registers the plot twist without, you know, just with his eyes very subtly. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and here's where we get the Chris Tucker needs to be allowed to make a distraction where it makes sense, as opposed to the next yes. movie where it's like, yep. I guess the only way we can do things is making a giant <laughs> ass of myself in a Las Vegas casino. <laughs> Don't stop taking Tormenting innocent people for no good reason. Uh huh. While wearing alligator skin suits. <laughs> I will say Tyrese does a great job of that in Furious 7. Whenever I see that scene where he has to make a scene about the birthday talk in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. it's a good moment. He knows how to do it without the movie entirely losing itself. <laughs> I just had to analyze like every frame of those 10 movies so that's super fresh in my memory. I'm trying not to go there too much. Mm. Nobody knows the bartender? So <laughs> much C4 in the 90s. The 90s had a lot of C4. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was everywhere. I had some C4. Everything <laughs> was C4 and bearer bonds. <laughs> I had C4 next to my marbles and pogs. <laughs> the, C4, the C4 just blew up the bearer bonds. Some of my, po- some of my I pogs I $10 million dollars in Beanie Babies. Everybody wanted to be Gambit, and the closest way to do that was to get all that C4 that was readily available. Right. <laughs> But it was everywhere. It's just here's this. You slap it. You put a, a charge in it. Well, there's the, the the tube stuff where it's like, <laughs> and then you stuck a little thing. Yeah. That's gonna blow up somehow. You well, just fit, it looks dangerous. Th- things that things that aren't true. C four is highly stable. You can't just mm-hmm. shoot it and it blows up. Like it doesn't work that way. But uh, if you turn a camera on and start filming it, it will. Yeah. It also <laughs> is. It does blow up giant. Like it wouldn't like like Chris Penn at the beginning when they do the C4 thing, it would have eviscerated him if that was a real C4. <laughs> like his car would have been in just nothing. He would have been a lot more than just, oh, I got scraped up, falling out of my car. He would have been a pile of dust <laughs> if that was a real C4 explosion. As that's, some, that's some Jack Burton vibes right the there. Subscribe button. Like, like how, yeah. proud, how proud he is of getting the gun out of his hands. <laughs> you know, I just I was like <laughs> Uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are almost 20 years apart in age. Yeah. Oh, wow. It doesn't feel that way. They're like 17 years apart. Yeah, no, so, Chan, Chan plays young. Yeah. 
That's a lot of C4. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, eight-year-old girls are very, very indestructible. <laughs> you really need to get in there. Yeah. It's like 40 pounds. You really got to pack her to the gills of C4 to make sure you get all of her. <laughs> See, if there's enough C4, then if they do blow her up, she'll be vaporized and get a PG-13. Yeah, you got oh, it. Yeah. Really, just you got to just to the to the to the gills. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just like when um the FBI guy finally catches Hank Hill and Beavis and Butthead do America and and <laughs> like do a do a cavity search, get him back to the back of his teeth, like really get in there. <laughs> That's what they're going for with the amount of C4 here. <laughs> We forgot about the wipe yourself off your bleeding line, didn't we? Yeah, because you you know, you get the callback. Now this is like reshot stuff. This is where they inserted a bunch of action. Which I guess makes sense. Like yeah. you drive a truck. Yeah, this is it. another situation where the collateral damage does not compute with the movie it's you know with well everyone's left at this point what did you originally be like hey deactivate this bomb okay you're under arrest oh shucks is that what they did and then they added <laughs> i mean i guess just because the like the big vase scene that's coming up like that's that's like one of the main things they reached just to add more jackie chan mm. stuff so like i imagine this is all there that is like extended the bits of henchmen that are involved yeah, yeah i'm guessing the shootout stuff was new because that seems very second unit generic they had like an executive decision style bomb disarming moment with very little action and a straw. This little girl gets into it here. <laughs> it is, in theory, a nice idea that mm -hmm. she grows up and she's in Rush Hour 3. Like, that's a fun yeah. concept. That movie's just, you know, not good. So yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> turns into a piece of meat. And also, the movie can't decide how long it's been since the first film. Right. It's, yeah. it's like the first, second film takes place right after the first one. And the third film allegedly is four years later. But she's like 20 now. It's four years. OK. All right. Whatever. And then uh, they're like, should we bring Rosalind Sanchez? But no. Only in the deleted ending. And for some reason, Rocky's kid is in the second one. Then he ages up a lot into a teenager. It was a the long one. trip from Russia. <laughs> Couple layovers. It's one of the time to watch Rush Hour several times. It's one of the tricks that Polly's robot's able to perform. You can age right. people. A lot of people just die in this scene right here. By the oh, way, yeah. like, what Tom Hogan just oh. murdered six people, yep. <laughs> cold blooded. Kick ass, Vasquez. Get him, Rex Lynn. He's barely hanging on here. Meanwhile, the bomb is trying Here to disarm go. this bomb. And, um... That's like 20 pounds of C4. It's a, it's a lot of C4. <laughs> <laughs> it would have really awkward if that wasn't the right one to click. Our rating. Well, as long as it's off screen. Yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> Just the end, eviscerated a Brett Ratner film. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's over. Franchise canceled. <laughs> Everyone in the theaters just went away. Huh? Yeah, this doesn't seem like the wisest move to have the bomb on you. 
Why does he have the bomb? They took it off. What is a shield? They took it off. He's taking it to the bad guy. I guess. And they got to get it out of the building. They don't want the building to blow up. Yeah, Pena's getting in some shots, too. She's going to have to be blown down. Yep. Well, he uses it as sort of a cover. Well, this is all the reshot stuff, so maybe that's why he has oh. the vest. That's why he has the vest. Mm. There's a version of this where he doesn't need to have the vest at all because this stuff isn't in the movie. Because <laughs> oh. this this is all the reshot stuff that they added after the fact, which makes sense because the guy's climbing the ladder. Like, how would he have time to fight all these guys and climb the ladder and catch up to him? <laughs> Tom Wilkinson is old and slow. <laughs> no, Thomas, Tom Wilkinson, he eats so much bread, as you saw in Michael Clayton. That's why he's able to climb so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks younger and thinner there, so you'd think he'd be faster. The carbs. He, and he, and he, he, you know, he, he wears a lot of coats, Michael Clayton. Oh, right, right, right. Because it's, it's cold. That's the reason. That makes sense. <laughs> I like all this, this, is a ri- this is There's an earlier Jackie Chan film with a bit like this, isn't yep. there? Yeah, this is yeah. Bar- like I said, it's a sampler platter of yeah, yeah, and you know, to state the obvious, this is the most conventionally Jackie Chan bit in the film, mm-hmm. and then it gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Uzi work. I yeah, Ken Leung all out here. Ken Leung can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Eighties, nineties had so much Uzis. Just keep them away from shotguns, right, Scott? Yes. <laughs> the uh, terrorist gun of choice. Because they're international. And all terrorists are international. They're never from America, ever. <laughs> oh, he's going with one hand climbing. Well, if they are, they're the leader. <laughs> they're the leader, or they're not actually terrorists. They're patriots. I am a patriot. And they're in the right. That's how it or works. they're undercover. It's, it's, and this isn't a criticism because it makes sense for the movie, but I like, I'm amused how the first two rush hours create a martial arts antagonist, but then Chris Tucker ends up fighting both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and barely wins. This one is right. Actually, this, this one's a good draw, but the second yeah. one where he's fighting Zhang Ziyi, it's like, it's like, this should not be a, I mean, people whine about, you know, Jet Li versus, uh, the two of them, it's like, that's no, he should be dead in 10 seconds. <laughs> you guys are both right, though. Tony is a very physical villain in this movie. I'm impre- yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think I ever noticed. This is impressive. He he put it in. Well, he's, he's the personification of villainy for 90% of the film, yeah. so he has to be, he has to make an impression. Yeah, blonde hair. He doesn't have any diamonds, though. What's it? What's that? Diamond not like, not like, not like Rick Yoon. Yeah. <laughs> not like Fast and Furious's Rick Yoon. <laughs> Ninja <laughs> Assassins, Rick Yoon. Oh, Rain. Yeah, him and Rain. He never got to be a good guy in the Fast Universe. He could still come back to life. He could have. He could have got shot off that motorcycle, but has been in a coma. I can hear yeah. you. Well, oh yeah, that it would be too. That would be really absurd for Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, yep. a, a film where the latest film ends with a tra- with a shot of what seems to be a face-off machine face-off, being used yeah. between Charlize Theron and Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so much undercover work already. Why, why not swap faces? It's been rigging the whole time. He he's actually ludicrous. Whoa. Ludacris died it's, three movies ago. It's been recruited the whole time now. It's Leon from the Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Oh, Leon! Leon's yes. the mastermind. He's, he's the one back. that works. He's above Cypher. <laughs> the head of Etienne. Yeah. He's the voice in uh, Hobbs and Shaw that we don't meet. We have Leon. 
I'm the auto mechanic of all your doom, Tom. <laughs> Ever since Jesse died, I vowed revenge. <laughs> Once again, they can hear you. And, and I blamed you for I some want reason. them to. I want them to hear me because I want, I, you know what? I want this. There's an army of Matt Schultz's. <laughs> it's clones? Yeah, it's clones. <laughs> and it's They've only character. got one more movie to do this, so. This is. Is an, that because that's what a, it will stop, as, it, as we all know? <laughs> wonderful thread on twitter a while back where they were talking about that you know the, the the mini trend where you have action films where you have action stars you know having to go to toe-to-toe with distinguished character actors that are just embarrassingly one-sided showdowns and this is a pretty good example you know <laughs> jackie chan versus tom wilkinson let's talk about all the mistakes tom wilkinson just made <laughs> he's right. using the money briefcase to fight a man who's hanging on by fingers you do not need to use the entire briefcase you lost all the money somehow you fell over in the process of doing this yep. <laughs> now you're hanging on for dear life onto the c4 vest that was part of your master plan uh chris tucker killing Damn. it in just like yep. these insert shots here yep. stealing money i like when he falls down he's gonna say oh he dead like <laughs> sure day empty like the stakes are so high, as far as Jackie Chan's concerned. Chris Tucker's just killing it on the floor. Good diehard shot right here. Oh yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my god. Well, he might have survived. He landed. Well, that wasn't a hostage. <laughs> it's PG thirteen. No, he I did. That's a good reaction to that. Although, of all the things in Rush Hour 2, the thing that makes me laugh the most is that damn blooper that ends it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Rush Hour 3. That, just, that brings the house down. It just yeah. Just <laughs> That's the last blooper, right? That's the last yep. one. They, yep. knew they, they knew that was Yeah, they knew that was They knew that was, they a, knew that yeah. was great. <laughs> yep. And it worked, too. Yeah, I remember leaving the theater on a high movie, after yeah, that he, one. Yeah. Yeah, I I when I saw Rush Hour two the first time, I had a little bit of problem with Chris Tucker in the first act, but rather enjoyed the movie. Returning to it, it's been like oh, okay. You can see where the problems are, but you can yeah. see why in an audience in that environment, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. It's, there's an entertainment factor here for sure, no doubt. Yeah, well, I like the new. There's like a newness to the environments in it, uh-huh. and Shang Shaizhu, like she brought a different element. That seems like a good practical slide they made for that to work. I don't know how they did. Put that thing together needs a raise. That's some good craftsmanship. Yeah. Is there any characters named Diaz in Fast and Furious? Um. Hmm. Maybe in Fast and Furious. Because the spinoff after the eleventh one, I'd pair it with Cipher, and you'd have Cipher Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of those guys. Like I'm an actual chef. I wasn't one of them. Um. No, <laughs> there's an actor named Jorge Diaz who voices a character in Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Oh wow! As well as <laughs> uh, I believe Guillermo Diaz is also like a voice in there at some point, but I can't see anyone specifically named Diaz. In the... Surprising. It's a little surprising, isn't it? Like Chewbacca in. The rise of Skywalker, she got her medal or locket back. There we go. As intended. There we go. And in between now and two minutes into the first movie, he's going to shave. Oh, yeah. 
cliffhangers rex rex Lynn made it to the end is that what we're going is that the official timeline of this that this two literally oh, fall instantly two, two is literally a, the, like it, a, it, a direct follow-up he gets yeah to, he gets to china it's and he's like we're doing that we're on another adventure already that's where this much. ends they're yeah. on their way to china maybe he went then... to china multiple times i don't know no because it's his first trip <laughs> okay i imagine well, it's, he's it's, acting it's the way he does because he's never later yeah he shaves in the bathroom on the plane he's like Jackie Chan's like women they don't like facial hair over there he's like oh no that didn't happen but I just never I guess that wasn't on the infinite film I'm 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 just thinking the time gap I guess I'm just not thinking about the idea that it's a literally like him being on the plane right now leads into rush hour too yeah yeah That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, yeah, it's one of those cliffhangers. Yeah. Like, if they knew they were going to make a sequel, they probably wouldn't have done that. Same thing with like Harold and Kumar. It's like, well, shit, now but, we have to start. Like, but that, right but that, that doesn't seem like a hard thing to correct. It could just be the latest vacation he took to be with his friend. Yeah. <laughs> they get in a fight on the vacation. It fades out. It's like six years later. And then you start the new movie. I want a massage. Oh, they Tucker. do go get that massage. Mm-hmm. Rush Hour 3 is four years later? Three, it's three years. It's three years after the events of Rush Hour 2. What? Oh. <laughs> so that girl is a really old looking like 14 in this, right? Yeah. <laughs> or a really young looking 14 in this. And then she spurts finally. Oh, oh, yeah. the bloopers. If we didn't get bloopers, this would have been a good uh, roll call cast. Uh, movie yeah. To do. And especially like a knowing one where they're looking at the camera and being like, hey. Predator-esque. I mean, Predator style, yeah. These bloopers are good, but even like the movie itself, these are like a, uh, you know, a sampler player. Like there's better bloopers than other Jackie Chan movies and painful ones where you're like, oh my gosh, are people getting taken on stretchers and stuff? Yeah, including Jackie. Because usually yes. he's not struggling to speak yeah. the language. Well, because yeah, the bloopers are half comedy. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. What is this shit about your daughter? <laughs> Chelsea or Kelsey? <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> the guy in the background closes his eyes a little bit, like, oh, keep it together. Two does have great because two also has Don Cheadle, where like and he keeps calling him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Chris Dark keeps calling him Jackie, and Don Cheadle's like, his name is Lee. God damn it! Like in character, it's really funny. Uh, no, that's yeah, yeah. That is a great one. His name is Lee. God damn it. Oh. Don Cheadle would be great in these two. They could make these two these movies work. Oh yeah, he'd be a blast. His accent from the Ocean's Eleven Ocean's movies. God. Yeah, just him as Basher, yes. <laughs> no, I, these bloopers help sell the the whole, like, these two get along, they're a real good team, on and off screen, you know? Uh, like, yeah. that's what... Has there been bloopers in a while? 
on, yeah. a, on a major release? Oh, probably some stupid, still... terrible comedies generally, like movie I mean, forty three or yeah. something. There's actually an old you know, rule saying that no movie that ends with the bloopers, no movies that end with bloopers and outtakes are any good. And there's mm-hmm. very few exceptions to that. I mean, in terms of hard comedies, I'm not talking about stuff like this. No, I, I've seen blooper reels recently in movies. It's it's usually it's usually like you know the like comedies that manage to make it to theatrical release these days. Mm-hmm. Somehow get a blooper yeah. reel. Pixar should do it more though, especially with their serious movies. There should have been bloopers in and um and um uh, what the fuck uh, um Coco and um, oh, Onward. I wanted to see blo- so... a blooper reel for 1917. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want to see them fuck up minute 11 of a 12 minute take. Uh. Sam Mendes storms on <laughs> his mud in his mud boots. The steady cam operator just goes down. Yeah. Empire Empire Light would have been better with a blooper reel. Oh. Well, something would have happened. That would have been nice. <laughs> An emotion may have been shown. Yeah. Deacons gets all upset. Silence would have a good blooper reel. <laughs> Silence, uh, yeah. <laughs> How long are they gonna be? <laughs> the wave, like a wave, just hits one of the guys really hard. <laughs> tides coming in. Tides coming up, in. Marty. Marty, the tides come. I can't hold this. Spotlight had a great booper reel too. It's really intense scenes, and then Mark Ruffalo like cuts one. There's a <laughs> the silence. We're sitting there, and driver's going Spider Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> the, the Revenant would probably be epic because it'd just be Tom Hardy yelling at um Inaritu since they hated each other on that movie. <laughs> and Leo just being like, I'm you know, that's between y'all. A lot of grunting in that one. Yeah. I just want an Oscar. <laughs> it's just that's the one he got it for too. I mean, he's he's really good. He's good at yeah, it. He's like, like that's the one. That's... He ate buffalo hearts. I mean, you know. The sure, we, sure, we all did it at one time in our life, but not on camera. How deep is your love? Yeah, this was a hit soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. by the way, like one point one million album sold. I mean, you put the Jizzam on the soundtrack, you're gonna get some money. Like that's, that's just platinum. bottom line right there. That is platinum. Well, we've done it. We've talked about Rush Hour and other things, but a lot of Rush Hour for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know what else is a good movie? Ronin came out a week after Rush Hour. Yes. Oh, Ronin rules. That seems like a future commentary, honestly. Yeah. Be, I think that's on the list. Let me check. <laughs> speaking of speaking Great. of mean action movies. That's on the list now. Putting it on there. Ronin for a future commentary. <laughs> Does it have the best present tense car chase of all time? Maybe. Well, we do like, I don't know, a car chase movie theme. That'd be pretty good, actually. Um that's, Hollywood homicide. That's dead. Don't be, don't get me started. As uh, for our, uh, I love Paris. I, I I I was so tempted to have Hollywood homicide as our, as our two thousand. Oh, yeah. I love it, but I wanted people to listen to the commentary track. So oh. um, we so next month we are going with Collateral. That is our conclusion to I Love oh. LA, um, which is I mean, quite exciting. Collateral is good, but it's no Hollywood homicide. <laughs> I say the foot chases in Hollywood homicide are definitely better than Collateral. I don't know. I mean, you, or the bike. You're, you're or talking about Tom Cruise running rock. in movies. I mean, Tom Cruise chases Jamie Foxx down in like an entire bridge in like two seconds flat in that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good car chase. Um, the last quote before we wrap up. The last question I have: Will Rush Hour, Rush Hour Four ever happen? 
Is that the best thing to say? No. No? You don't think a legacy please, sequel? Please don't. I mean, You're missing oh. the most important factor, the Ratner factor. Yeah? I mean, jokes aside. He's not, I mean, he's not allowed to direct anymore, so this was a trio. Although I thought Bad Boys was a trio. And they Exactly. Put Mick G on it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the sensibilities there. Um, For a while, I thought... Funny thing is, the third rush hour was so expensive... How expensive was it? That's oh, like $140 million or something. That was the movie that crapped out New Line and caused it to go get merged completely with Warner Brothers in 2008. We all think it's a golden compass, but there was actually Rush Hour 3. I do remember it being like a pretty inflated budget on that movie where I'm thinking, yeah. why? <laughs> what, is, what are we doing here? <laughs> How much is Sonata pulling down for Rush Hour 3? How much is Polanski pulling down for Rush Hour 3? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I broke Brandon. All right, <laughs> let's um, let's wrap it up. That's gonna do it for this episode. This commentary episode about now there a name. Uh, you can find everything I do over at thecodezeek.com. That's my personal blog where everything I do winds up. I write for Leave Entertainment. Yoki <laughs> there. Blue, and I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer. Where can people find more of you? It's the uh, movie films on Flix, movie films on FLIX. Uh, let's see, just it's all on social media. Mark Hoffmeyer, Twitter all that and then yeah and wait wait uh i've watched 400 episodes of dragon ball z and i think the honest trailer of that movie is coming out soon so then my data will finally be up on that i also have a john wick by the numbers that's going up on fandom soon and i think it, well, who's the best chris i like combed through 120 of the chris movies and pulled a ton of research fine and then wrote this yeah yeah walking messina uh, <laughs> Who's the Corky Romano? Is that oh, Chris? Dowd. Catan. Catan. Oh, Dowd. <laughs> but yeah, so watch those videos. That, but that we all crazy. know who the worst Chris is. Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Because yeah. <laughs> that fucker cut all the good uh, Mark scenes out of the second act of Rent. <laughs> Not to be confused with the the, Italian the other Columbus. The, 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 the guy who killed a lot things. of... Yeah. No, no, I can handle genocide and murder, but yeah, I like Apocalypse as much as the next the man. Red movie. What was that? I like Apocalypse as much as the next man. I can handle <laughs> all this. <laughs> uh, that'd be a fun commentary. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, we make a lot. Dragged, we had dragged across concretes on Netflix. Now we'd, we'd make a lot of jokes <laughs> during Apocalypto. Scott Mendelson, where people buy more of you? Uh, the Rap.com, and I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson. Brandon Peters. Uh, at Brandon 4 KUHD on both Instagram and Twitter, and then uh, the Brandon Peter Show.com and anywhere podcasts are found, and my YouTube channel, uh, which has a people like watching me uh, show off the new City of the Living Dead 4K set. So watch me hold it and talk about it. Fantastic. Watch Brandon hold it and talk about it. Good to know. No uh, all right. <laughs> Let's, um, all the other episodes of this podcast can be found on iTunes if you, uh, and Spotify and Stitch and all those things where I'm all the socials and all that. Um, thank you, Brandon, Scott, Mark, for joining me for this Rush Hour commentary track. This was wonderful. It was great. A good time was had. I look forward to concluding uh, this uh, session of I Love LA tracks next month with uh, Collateral. Uh, but that's going to do it for this month's commentary. So until next time, so long and goodbye.
to me. Ah!